Welcome to Grow Well Podcast. This is episode number 54, and I'm your host, Dusty Heggie. Here on Grow Well Podcast, we talk about personal growth, we talk about plants, because we love them both, and because I know that there are beautiful parallels between the two, all by God's incredible design. Today, I have a really special guest on, Lacey Rob, Robbie, Rob, Rob Rawley. Poof! I asked her how to pronounce your name, and here I am sitting in front of this microphone, and I can't say it, but she says that we can shorten her name to Rob, Robbie, Robbley. I think it's Lacey Robbley. Dear Lacey, I'm so sorry I just struggled through that, but I hope it was a little bit amusing, maybe a little bit. No? Okay. Lacey is such a joy to talk to. We talk about gardening. We talk about reading the Bible and how to get our kids involved in reading scripture with us. We talk about how to set some really good boundaries, how to reach big goals. And we talk a lot about outdoor gardening. We talk about indoor gardening as well, but she really, really loves outdoor gardening. So it was so much fun to talk to her about vegetable gardening, to talk about growing zones. This is a really fun episode and a great example on why personal growth and plant growth are so intertwined and how they can come up so naturally within one conversation. Before I dive into this really fun and inspiring conversation, I want to encourage you to head to www houseplantacademy.com. There I have a free, full free, yo, three-day houseplant challenge called the Stop Killing Your Houseplants Challenge. Each day you will get a lesson taught by yours truly, a downloadable worksheet to help you apply what you're learning, along with a Facebook group, some really incredible supplementary emails to help you really, really learn how to keep your houseplants alive. This is 100% for free. It's so much fun. It has been really incredible to see all the success stories that have come from this free houseplant challenge. It's been really, really incredible. So you can head to www. Those W's are important. www.houseplantacademy.com. I will also have a direct link clickable, all nice and fancy for you in the show description and in the show notes at dustyheggy.com. All right. Without further ado, let's dive into this really inspiring, really fun, planty, personal growth kind of episode with Lacey. So I'm Lacey Rabelais. I am a wife. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We've been married. Oh man, it's 2020. So that means that this year we'll make 14 years. And we have two boys, five and three, well, almost six, which is kind of crazy. I don't know. I don't the other day I was telling my mom that I don't feel old enough or responsible enough to have a six-year-old. Oh, I feel that on a very deep level. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, the truth is I have an almost six-year-old and a three-year-old and I guess God just entrusts us. So anyway, and I am a writer and we, I guess we call it like homesteading mm-hmm. because some people are like, are you a prepper? And I'm not taking it that far. Also, I'm not that successful at all of the things that I... (laughs) That would require a lot of organization. (laughs) Yes, I'm not that successful about growing things, but I do like it. So it's a hobby. And yeah. That's so exciting. You do like vegetable and fruit gardens? Yes, we have. um, Right now, my winter garden looks horrible. It's very sad. I'm glad the grocery store exists. We are growing. Our onions look successful, but... I mean, I don't know if we could feed one child off of the carrots that I've grown, but other than that, I have flowers and then we'll do summer garden 
and I have fruit trees and berry bushes. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, we may be moving soon. And when we do, I will be able to have like a year round garden, which I've never been able to. I always do like a really small container summer garden. Um, yeah. And in the past we've lived in a house where I was able to do a really large summer garden, but doing like a year round garden just wasn't feasible. But I'm very excited. I'm going to ask you all the questions. It is. It is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. What brought you into writing? Um, I don't really know. I, back in the day when I was in elementary, middle school, I can remember I had a teacher and I can remember after school, it was when we started taking like standardized leap test and she would make us identify every word in a sentence. And in the moment, I'm pretty sure I hated it. But now I am a word nerd. I love words. And I'm also, words of affirmation is my love language also. But I can remember my mom as a kid being like, one day you're going to write greeting cards. And I used to laugh at that, which I don't plan on doing that. But it was cool now, years later, to see like my mom knew what was up. And my teacher yeah. was so beneficial my husband would say that it wasn't beneficial because he says that I'm uh, like, I'm the grammar police. Yes. <laughs> so We all need uh, some grammar police. Let's be honest. Yes. And sometimes some Louisiana slang doesn't help us because <laughs> it just doesn't. Our accent, my son is reading or learning to read. And the other day he said, mom, is it, forget or is it forget and i was like no it's for like he was That's he was so just cute. listening to people uh -huh. the way people say it and he was like why is it some people say it one way and i was like it's accents like for the rest of our lives we're going to yeah never know <laughs> it's just confusing <laughs> but yeah and i just i started blogging i guess when i was pregnant mm -hmm. and then it just has kind of evolved so like five six years ago yes that's awesome. And what do you blog about? I blog about the garden stuff, mm -hmm. our farm life. We, I mean, we call it the Rab Farm because first of all, nobody can say Rabelais and it's just easy. It's easier to write. Like if I send a card, it would just say like, love the Rab family. Um, that makes sense. And, <laughs> yes. But I write about that and I write about faith. I um, am a theology nerd and mm -hmm. I like to share what I learn. So yeah, I share a lot. <laughs> uh huh. I love it. I really, really love it. Can you, what are you learning right now? Tell us about what you're learning right now. Um, right now I am diving into Acts and Revelation. I don't know why I'm doing those two at the same time because they're both pretty heavy, but yes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of am taking a break from Revelation, but I am, was taking or well, am taking an online class and it's at my own speed. Yeah. So holidays on top of that was a little, it was a little much. Mm -hmm. So I'll get back into it, but I am enjoying learning about Acts and our church is doing reading through the year for, we're reading through the new Testament. So I started doing that. That's cool. And yes. And I think there's like a memory verse every week and, but you don't there. Remember. No, I, I actually, actually, I think that by the end of the year, we're going to have, or like the goal is to memorize the Sermon on the Mount. Rad. So, I mean, if that, if that's possible for me, that would be amazing. But I do have the first two verses memorized. So there you go. Um, yes. That's two more than me. I mean, it's a start. Well, I've learned about, uh, well, 
I saw online, there's a company that dwell differently. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they have mm-hmm. like, um, you can, they, you can buy like a temporary tattoo and a keychain that oh, has, yes. but it has the first letter of each word for a verse and it's supposed to help you memorize it. So I, that's how I did. I memorized it. I wrote it at the top of my planner for the week. I wrote the first letter of every word in the verse. And every time I looked at it, like I had to recall it. And that's but so smart. I, I, I was like, man, I wish I had known. I guess it's technically, you know, it'd be like learning by acronym kind of too. Mm-hmm. And I learn well yeah. that way. So I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. I've seen companies where they do verse temporary tattoos, but it's like the whole verse. I've never seen it where it's just the first. Yeah. At first when I saw it, I was like, what's this mumbo jumbo? Because I mean, it's just like a lot a of bunch confidence. Of capital letters. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But it worked. That's awesome. What a cool tool to use. That's really smart. What is the company? Yeah. I can put it in the show notes for people if they want it. Um, I think it's Dwell Differently. Okay. So that's how I learned the first two verses. So, I'll, And it was easier than writing out two verses on my planner for the week. I loved your answer in this question talking about like what is a topic you'd love to teach or some main points you'd like to cover that God is really teaching you right now um, and knowing God through his word and his creation is what you wrote. And I would love for you to expand on that. Personally, for me, if someone were to say like how – do you know God and believe God? Then mm-hmm. I have to trust. I believe that scripture is the word of God. But if there was something else that I had to say was tangible proof, it would be that he's a creator. So I look at my children and I think that that's a miracle. But for me to walk outside and see the creation and spend time in everything that he's created and learn that. I've had to slow down because I'm not in, I'm not in control. I can plant a seed, but that's it. I just have to do my part. And in the end, he is the one who does it all. And it has been very cathartic for me because I am a control freak. So I've had to let things go and just do my part and let him do the rest. So gardening is a big eye opener for that, but every, and it's really cool for, to have conversations with the kids mm-hmm. because I can't necessarily explain every reason why a flower turns into a fruit, but I can do my part. And then we can, you know, say all the scientific things that we've, the world has discovered, but in the end, it's still a miracle because that's the way God made it. Right. And I don't want to ever tell my kids even though I've said it before, like, that's just the way it is. I'd rather say, because that's the way God made it. Right. And at least that that's taking the burden off of me. Like, I don't understand why things happen. That's the way God's plan works out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really good question to get help them, help your kids and even other people to just start thinking more critically about that response. Especially for like five-year-olds. Right. Yes. They don't Mm -hmm. see the world in, you know, it's very black and white. They're curious, but then they don't understand. So yeah, you can definitely, he'll say that's the way God made it. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) like sometimes he'll turn it back on me and I'm like, okay, yep, you are right. That's the way (laughs) what happened. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) That's so cute. My uh, mother-in-law was putting our girls down to bed. My husband and I were out. It was awesome. We were free from the house for a moment and she's the sweetest and was helping them get to the bed. And the, there's like a lullaby from Daniel Tiger that I've always sang to the girls 
well, because my oldest just really liked it. And so she asked yeah. me to sing it. And now it's just a part of bedtime routine. But I didn't want to teach the lullaby to my mother-in-law as I'm like running out the door. And so I was like, just sing anyone. And I had a conversation with Iris. I was like, grandma's going to sing a different lullaby. And so she's saying silent light. She was saying that to sleep in heavenly peace. And like, you know, that's part of the lines of silent night. And so my daughter comes out like of her bedroom five minutes later. And it's like, grandma, Sloan's not sleeping in heavenly peace. <laughs> I love kids. <laughs> She says that's that amazing now. it's so funny oh my goodness. that's awesome okay backtracking since i got off on a little rabbit trail i would love for you to sort of expand for us what you mean by letting god be in control because that sounds really great like it, those words make sense when you say them out loud but applying them to our lives is a whole heck of a lot harder definitely i mean i struggle with this all the time because like i said i have um anxiety and I think that gardening and all of that has really helped me because I can only do so much. So I've had to relinquish control. But even as a mom, I've had to, I can remember when our oldest was three months, he, he started rolling over at three months and he suddenly just slept better on his belly. And at that time it was like, no, your babies can't sleep on their bellies and all of this stuff. And eventually it was like, First of all, he needs to sleep. And the pediatrician and my mom were like, if that's how he sleeps, that's you, you can't like lose sleep, drive yourself insane, watching him go in there and flip him over, wake him up, all of these things. Like I had to trust that God was in control and sovereign and all of these things that I couldn't control. And that's in God's hands. And it was a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders. Did it make it easy? No. Did I check the monitor? all the time. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he's almost six and he's fine. And I know that when it's my kid's time, you know, to succeed or fail or all of these things, I can only do my part. And for gardening, like right now, my lettuce is just like a half an inch tall. That doesn't make sense. I did all of the things right, but for some reason, or at least I think I did all of the things right. But for some reason, something happened and I can't beat myself up about it. It's not, a, I mean, in the scheme of 2020, whenever you have lettuce growing, it's not that big of a deal or not, you know, that's not, right. it's not a huge problem for us, but I can't micromanage things. And I think that that's part of me realizing that God is in control is less micromanaging. I just have to do my part and really just spend life um, with open hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people that God, that we are not the author of growth that God is. There are things yeah. we can do to facilitate good growing conditions and we should by all means work our very best to glorify God and to facilitate those good growing conditions. But at the end of the day, we can't really make a lettuce grow an inch taller. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't do that, but you can't do that for your kids. Mm -mm, you can't do yeah. that for your plants. And I think that that is a hard lesson, but once you kind of start wrestling with it and kind of um, comprehend a little more, it makes life easier and more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I love how much you relate this from plant growth to like personal growth to like growing our kids, because those are like such seamless parallels. <laughs> like those all require the same sort of letting go and the same sort of trusting in God. And um, I would love to hear how you are involving your kids in studying scripture. So I just study scripture with my kids. And sometimes 
they understand and sometimes they don't. They ask the most hilarious questions that challenge Mm me. And I used to think that I had to have this perfect quiet time and everything had to be them napping or sleeping. And obviously there's times where or scripture that's not age appropriate for a three-year-old. So I'm going to study that when they're not in the room, but I want them to see what is important to me. And if I wait till they're not in the room, they're never going to understand that scripture and spending time in the word is important because let's be real. They're going to do what we do, not what we say. Yeah. And I want them to um, be a witness to that. So they might be like playing trucks and I'll sit there and read. And sometimes I read to myself. Sometimes I read out loud. And if I do read, I'll read from my Bible and sometimes we'll pick up, I'll be like, Hey, go grab yours. And we'll read the story from the Jesus storybook Bible, like whatever pertains to it. And it's hard. Nate was four. And for Easter, um, he told a family member, he was like, yeah, Easter is about Jesus. He died. And then he came back to life and he was like, and you know, he was stabbed in the side. And my family members were looking at me like I was crazy because here's this four-year-old being like, oh yeah, he was just stabbed in the side with this big giant. And I like, he didn't, I don't think he could recall the word spear or something. I don't remember what he said, but they were kind of like, um, this is a little alarming. I was like, well, it's what happened. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and, and I really think that he knew about it because we watched like a kid Bible story, like the video about it. Yeah. But I don't want, like, there's no point in just hiding it right now. And then one day they wake up and be like, oh, this is what it is. I'd rather start the foundation and get it all. Like, if you want to make it about gardening, it can be the same. Like, you got to have good soil. Your seeds aren't going to grow if things like you have to start from the beginning. And I want them to study. And we make it fun. I have on my website, I have like a bunch of, I call them mama and little studies. and I've made, there's like color sheets and activities for us to talk through um, different scripture. And it's been really cool. And as the kids have grown, they like it. It's, it's something they look forward to now. That's so cool. Where can people get a hold of that? Um, If you go to my website, there's a resource library and there's all of the studies there. There's, I don't know, at this point, I think there's six, but there's plans for a new one every month this year. Oh, cool. Okay. So far. Yeah. I just released, um, last week, um, there's Colossians three. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. And then there's like a fishers of men one and there's a Christmas and Easter one, but it's fun. There's just like things in there to talk about. And some of it is just like the questions that you can talk to and get the ball rolling. This month we talked about things of bearing each other's burdens and how we can do that all through the year. Because as a family, we talked about this year wanting to do that more than just before the holidays. That makes sense. That's really cool. My my first thought, so we try and be intentional about doing that with our girls, but I don't think, I think we could do better. The other day, my, my, uh, I mean, we could always do better, but my, the other day, my youngest, she is almost three. Well, no, she's like two and a half. She'll be three in August. Anytime she sees the phone away from its adult, she like brings you the phone. She's like, your phone is missing. You need this back. And, but it really convicted me because I was like, she doesn't do that with like my Bible or with like 
You know what I mean? And I would love yeah. for the to be, I would love for that to be switched. <laughs> so I've been trying and I've always, I've been really good about sitting scripture, but I, I didn't do it in front of them very often. I would do it like when they went to bed most of the time. And so I've been trying to just do it right in front of them and I don't involve them in it. I just sit next to them while I'm doing it. And it's been a huge, that one little thing has been like a huge difference. Yeah. They see what's important to you. And mm-hmm. my I, it is convicting when your kid hands you your phone. Like, especially if you're like in another room, Hey, you forgot this. Like, Oh man, do you think that I just, it's attached? Yeah. Oh, and it, I wasn't even in the other room. It was on the dining room table and I was like two feet away from the dining room table. I was like, but, right I mean, there. like, I guess they, I mean, yes, we should probably all be a little more detached, but I, th- I think they also pick up, like, they probably, it's a valuable thing. Not yes. necessarily oh, like yeah. you're addicted to it. Not that kind of, but like we shouldn't you know, like let's move this out of the way or that kind of thing too. But I do think that whenever they see you studying, even if you don't involve them, then they just see what's important. And eventually they'll be like, what are you reading? Yep. Yeah. And that's the kind of conversation that come up. We use the, what is it? Kids read truth. They have the gospel. This is the gospel book. Um, and so we read that to them all the time and that has sparked good questions. And then we use the Jesus story book Bible also, but I'm really excited to start implementing the studies that you're making. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. How has it been? Like, I mean, I guess kids responses aren't usually going to be like, wow, what an interesting fact. Now I'm a much better <laughs> child and I'm going to start loving Jesus more. Like they're not going to have a dreamy result that we think of in our minds. Oh, How do you no, set some good expectations about that? Set real low expectations. <laughs> okay. Real low, but you can only go up, right? I mean, right, if you yeah. start at If you start them at three or five and they are just learning, like I love the quote from Jen Wilkin that says, the heart cannot love what the mind doesn't know. So if you don't know it and they're never exposed to it, how would you love something? So, and just like, I've heard her talk about, and I've heard other people talk about, like, if you were going to date someone, you know, you court them, you start learning about them. If it was a guy learns what kind of flowers or whatever they like. So if you want to know more about God, you're going to want to know who his character is and all of this kind of stuff. And simple way to learn would be to study scripture. And if we want our kids to have relationships with God and be interested, then we have to one, be an example and two help them get started. So we're just going to plant those little seeds of mm-hmm. making routines and all that kind of like routine. And yeah, they're going to ask silly questions. You might be reading a Bible and they're going like the storybook Bible with pictures in it. And they're like, why is that dude wearing a funny hat? And sometimes you want to say, um, I'm reading this story. No one cares about this funny hat, but if you blow their questions off, then they feel like it's not an important question or you're, you know, they're wasting your time. So if you can be silly and have low expectations, like, yeah, that hat is funny or we don't wear hats like that and explain. I think there's like a picture, you know, the Roman soldiers had, it kind of looks like a skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that my kids were like, why are those soldiers wearing dresses? And I'm like, that's just the way their armor looked. And we have to, we have to discuss that, but it leads into conversations about, you know, back in the day, they didn't have a store to just hop up to and go get pants. Right. So it leads into other conversations about culture and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Well, and the modern day differences between even from family to family and culture groups like today are really drastic. Yeah. Like a really great opening 
point for that kind of conversation to carry on. Yes. That's really cool. I think that's a really good, good tip to not blow off the questions that you feel are ridiculous. I think it is a big deal in, especially in the Christian culture that we think that if we ask a question that someone's going to say or feel like we're doubting. So we don't ask questions. You're not supposed to ask questions people feel like, but you know, I don't believe that God would just be like, here's this ancient text written. Don't ask questions about it, but you should learn about it. Right. Like, yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> God's, God's not like a set it and forget it. He didn't just yeah. create us and, and leave us. So I think that, I mean, in, in scripture, it talks about community and ironing sharp, iron sharpens iron and all of these things. Like we're supposed to ask questions and study and learn and we can't just totally depend on ourselves. Mm-hmm. How the other thing I would love to ask you is this is like off the cuff, but how do you and your husband, do you and your husband have it, like a way that you guys study scripture together? How is that something you involve into your marriage? We generally just have it like whatever the kids are doing. We kind of just all talk about it. He As a family. is, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have tried to do a study before and it, we kind of burn out. So we discuss like what the sermon series at church is and then do like our little family devotions and like discuss it at the table. But nothing between us is really like deep studying, which is something that we've both talked about changing, but we haven't done that yet. Well, and I think that there's seasons where you can both study together and put the effort into into it. And there's seasons where it's yeah a little I, different. I do. Yeah. I think that too. And I, the sometimes I think that I am a little too intense and like, I, I mean, he's at work all day yeah, and I can read more or like listen to podcast or a sermon and all that. So it's not the same when we start discussing it. If I've consumed like four hours of it and he had 30 minutes, I think that I sometimes have to take a step back. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. That makes, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> I do that big time. I like launch into a sermon with Brian and Brian's like, okay, okay, okay. I, I like have not even sat down yet. <laughs> yes. And we'll be like, oh yeah, uh-huh. I haven't had time to think about that or process whatever you're saying. And he's like, can I get back to you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom now. I'll be back in a little bit. I just walked in the door. <laughs> yes and the kids are like can we play legos because he's he's a better lego builder than than i am that's so they, <laughs> they get excited that's so fun man i think i could talk to Lacey for hours about plants and the bible and god's goodness and kids and parenthood such a good conversation but i'm gonna pause it for just a hot second to remind you to head to www.houseplantacademy.com and enroll in the free three-day houseplant challenge. This challenge is packed with goodness. Your houseplants will thank you. You'll thank me. We'll have so much fun hanging out and chatting plants together virtually. It's going to be a good time. Head to www.houseplantacademy.com and enroll right now. You can do this. I would love to see you there. It would make me so happy. Okay? Okay. Do you have a houseplant question? That I can answer. Um, yes. How many is too many? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do think there's something to be said though, that like I have definitely hit my like plant max. 
Like I'll get a bunch of plants and I'm like, okay, this is too much. Cause it starts to be like, you don't have good places to put them anymore. And they're just like, yes. I have them like on my floor and like on the carpets and like everywhere. And I'm like, okay, well it's time to reel it in. Yes. I could see like it's whenever you have too many like that. I got a fiddle leaf last year for Christmas and I killed it. But before I killed it, I had clipped uh, like a clipping off of it and propagated it. And now that one little leaf is like four, almost five leaves. <gasps> and I'm s- I was like, it only took a year. <laughs> yeah, they, they are slow for propagation. But I put it, it's like in a bucket now, like in the planet, not just in water or anything. But I have to realize like I'm just watering it not frequently. I think I overwatered the other one. That's what happened. But um, what is the best plant to have in a bathroom? It, um, it depends on how much light you have in your bathroom. Hmm, I want to put a plant in my, in, the, in my bathroom, but it's not the brightest. I mean, it's not dark, but there's a window in there. And Would I you just... put it like on the windowsill? Maybe. That's a good Because if you put it. it on the windowsill or I've seen people put a little like um, hook and hang it right above their window. The only thing is, is then you block out a lot of the light coming into your bathroom. So that's important to you. Maybe not. Um, or just do a really small one hanging in front of your window. Because sometimes bathroom windows are like teeny tiny. Yeah, ours is pretty. It's pretty small. But I um, we're, that's going to be one day. Another project is to redo that. But then maybe I'll put. Uh, figure out a plant for there. I'm excited because our mudroom slash laundry room will be done soon. And um, there's going to be some places for plants there. Yay. I'm really excited. Yay. I have a, I have a, um, a peace lily that I had in my living room, but I think that I might put it in there. Mm-hmm. So that's really anyway. cool. Um, for the bathroom, if you have lower light, my top low light suggestions are always a pothos also called a devil's ivy. And some people pronounce it pothos. So pothos or pothos, kind of like tomato, tomato situation. Gotcha. Um, and then a snake plant. I always lean more towards, uh, or also called the mother-in-law's tongue is another yeah. common name for snake plants. But pothos are always my top recommendation for most <laughs> for most plants. Um, people who listen to this podcast, I'm pretty sure they're like, oh my gosh, Jesse's going to say pothos again. Why is she saying that again? <laughs> always with the pothos. But the reason I love them is because they are so, so, so adaptable. They will grow really well being in lots of water in less, like they handle drought really well. They do lots of light. They'll do lower light. The thing to change is your expectation of how that plant will grow. So if it has less light, the leaves are going to grow smaller and it will grow slower. So that's the thing to keep in mind. Cause I think sometimes the leaves grow teeny tiny in a less, in a situation with less light. And then we feel like we've like the plant is dying or we failed or like something's going on or especially they'll, they'll grow like more tillated. So the leaves are further apart, but that's normal. It doesn't mean it's dying. It's just has less resources available to grow. That's good to know. I think that is the plant that I have in my dining room window of which I saved a clipping from another plant. Oh, fun. Yeah. They're really good. They propagate really fast. I think I have, I, um, propagated a bunch of stuff before the first freeze. Mm-hmm. And I have like nine, I think, hydrangea bushes that I cut from my bushes. And because a hydrangea bush is minimum $20 and depending on how big it is. So I was like, if I could propagate them before the freeze gets them. So now I was like, are they in your house right now? Right now they are. Okay. And then you'll put them outside in the 
spring. Yeah, they're in cups right now, but um, they started in water. Now they're in cups and I will plant them um, around like the base. We have some pine trees, so I'm going to plant them around the base of the trees and hopefully have beautiful flowers. And, you know, I'm sure it'll take like five years for them to be. To get big again. (laughs) Yes. Probably. Yes. I am. My goal is to have outside stuff and, but I don't want to forget about the inside. Yeah. And I think if, if your main, I would just pick where your main focus is because you can't do both like all out, you know? Oh yeah. Especially I just want to have takes way more effort than an indoor garden. So just picking plants that are lower maintenance is your. Yes. Minus the fiddle leaf. Like not a fiddle leaf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Minus the one, the one fiddle leaf. But I've discovered right now I have a rhythm of every Monday, everything gets watered, but instead of like pouring water into them, I've been using ice and it seems everything is doing really healthy. Good. Like as long as it's working. Yeah. It's working and it does, it's not making a mess. Mm-hmm. So at this point, we're just going to stick with that. And I don't know. I mean, as you know, summer when the weather changes and stuff, things might have to be switched up a little, but a friend of mine also showed me, she had this like a little water or like how the moisture meter and she like stuck it in her plants. I was like, I think I want to get one of those. She's yeah. Like, those are it's really helpful tools. Less than $10 on Amazon. So I think that I want to get one of those to maybe boost my confidence in the watering section. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, my, the way I always suggest people is to put your finger to like feel the soil. You just shove your finger into the soil. And if it feels dry up to like your second knuckle on average, that's when you should be watering your house plants. It Good varies from plant to plant to plant. Like if you were to get like a fern, they should feel like dried on the very top of the soil. Like if you put your hand on the top of the soil and it's dry, as long as it's planted in the proper planter and has really good drainage and that soil is able to dry out evenly across everything, it should never dry out fully for like a fern, especially it's something like a maidenhair fern where they're really finicky and they have delicate thin leaves. But something like a pothos, they should dry out about halfway. Good to know. Yeah. And then for snake plants and any other kind of succulent, they should dry out fully, like a hundred percent dry out bone dry. And then you water it, like you soak it because that's how they grow in their native environment. They grow in like desert areas where they yeah. have modified water storage systems. So they need to like suck up all the water they can. Cause it, it doesn't rain constantly. Like a ferns here in the Northwest are getting rain every day. Cause it rains like nonstop here, but a succulent in like Eastern Washington or in the Midwest or in the desert gets like tons of rain and then nothing. So if we can mimic that in our homes as best we can. That makes more sense. Maybe I should logically think that out whenever I'm watering things. Yeah, that's the most mind-blowing thing when I talk to people. I have like a free um, houseplant course um, at www.houseplantacademy.com. <laughs> and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's just like a free three-day houseplant course. And one of the things I teach is how to create a good houseplant routine. Um, but to do that, you have to know like how to care for your houseplant well. So I teach people how to read houseplant care guides. And the thing that always blows people's minds the most is thinking about what like the native environment for your houseplant and how can you best replicate that within your home? Because if you think through how does it grow natively, it's going to obviously grow very differently in different growing conditions, but it's a really good tool to sort of help you think how much light and how much water it might need. And I feel like for me, I feel like I would have thought that out for all of my outdoor plants, but not indoor plants. Like, mm-hmm, I don't, same. I didn't think about yes. it until I started reading it and was like, oh, duh. Because I started outdoor gardening way before I started doing indoor gardening. Yeah. Like I, a friend of mine was, was the other day, she sent me a text and was like, can I grow? I don't even remember what it was. 
And I'm pretty sure she was looking at the floret um, flower stuff. And she's in, she's in like Oregon, Washington, maybe like Pacific Northwest. And I was like, no, she was growing. It was a delicate flower. I was like in Louisiana, it's going to burn. It's too hot. Even in the shade, it would still be too hot for it. And then I was like, grow zones, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you about all of that for outdoor plants, but I guess I haven't really thought about. But I probably don't even know where the native, I'm like looking at a plant right now. I'm like, I don't know what the native area for this plant would be. Maybe I should look that up. Look like, it up, wh- yo. Where's a fiddle leaf native to? West Africa. So not like your home. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why utilizing as much light is the key for fiddly figs. Most plants, most houseplants are houseplants because they adapt well within the conditions most homes provide. So like even temperatures, low to medium humidity, and like they do okay in homes and that's why they're houseplants. Fiddly figs is kind, they're kind of an outlier. Like we just love fiddly figs. So we force them to grow in our home. And then we get really frustrated because they're not really good for houseplants and they don't grow right unless you have, unless you're committed to like providing the amount of light that you need, like by way of maybe artificial light or a sunroom or, yeah. I feel like I should just put it outside now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as long as the temperature isn't getting below 60 degrees. Well, maybe this summer it might migrate. I mean, well, or it might live in my porch. I don't know. I'm going to research this mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I have an episode. I think it's episode seven or nine. It's one of the earlier episodes and it's all about fiddly figs. I had like a fiddly fig expert come on and Wow. It's probably your most popular because I know give us that there are <laughs> a lot of information about it. Yeah. It's a really good episode. Well, I'm going to go check that out later. <laughs> good. Yeah. I hope it helps. <laughs> I really like talking to you, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I, like talking, I like talking to all plant people. Like I know. It's so fun. I love it when we I can talk about parenthood and Jesus and plants. It's like throw some cocktails and some coffee in there. And what? You got yourself a night. Some people are like, you can't talk like you're like, I've had people say like gardening is not, you can't just use it to relate to scripture all the time. I'm like, first of all, have you read scripture? Jesus Jesus is like, this is what the people of the time did. Yes. I'm going to love every garden, gardening and agriculture parable in scripture ever, forever and ever. Amen. Like I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. For real. I mean, God wouldn't have spent so much like intentionality building a world that sustains his most beloved creation. If it didn't have a lot of value and meaning to it. I know it's so, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I also have an agriculture degree. Like I have an animal, I have an animal science degree. So I, and my dad raises cattle and horses. So like I've been around animals and all of these things. We have chickens like, and I've, I mean, people have been like, I can't believe you eat eggs. Cause I have chickens. I'm like, my mom that's what they were chicken. made. Like that's God didn't just make them to be like, just overpopulate. I'm going to eat their eggs. I don't have a rooster. So they're not like I'm eating baby chickens. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> and even so, I mean. I mean, people have asked. I mean, I've had people ask me, like, what? It? And I'm like, there's, they're not fertilized eggs. I have no male. My, my husband always calls them chicken periods. I'm like, oh my gosh, man. You have to stop saying that to people. <laughs> I mean, they do poop breakfast. Yeah. Like, like, it's true. It's, they do. It's, I mean, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome. Chickens, like, legit terrify me. They're like tiny little dinosaurs. They're they are polite. dinosaurs. They are not polite. 
Oh, ours are polite. They're not. My moms were not nice. They were so mean to me. They would, they like run at, at me. They are the funniest creatures running. They are really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that they, toddler water, but add a little bit of like of a tea. Yeah. And like, I mean, you can just imagine they're like little T-Rexes because they have, you know, wings or like no hands. And it's just funny looking. We laugh at them all the time. That's so fun. How many do you have? Um, 17. What? That's a lot of chickens, yo. Yes. We started <laughs> with 26 because I did girl math and they were, you know, like if you ordered so many of them, then you got one free and free shipping. And at the time when we got them, I had a six month old and almost three year old, a two and a half year old. Yeah. So I really thought that they would kill them. So I was like, oh, if we get, if you know, if we get this many, then like 15 or 10 will survive. Well, they all survived until my, I guess, last month or we had, we had some issues. We lost five or six chickens in like a week. Yeah. Predators and two just totally disappeared. I mean, obviously something took them. And of course the ones we lost were my favorites, you know, that always we've had a, we had a hawk get one of them. That was like last summer. And I really thought my kids were going to be freaked out. Of course it was the favorite for my kids. And it was the one she was solid white, bigger. Like she, it wasn't like I could just pass off. Like there's another one that looks like her kids won't mind, but they weren't, I thought they were going to be traumatized, but they weren't. Yeah. One day they were like, do you think, um, that chick chick, of course, you know, good name for chicken, right? That chick chick, um, could be resurrected. And I was like, Nope, no, 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 no. I think it must've been after Easter when we had talked about the resurrection. I was like, no, only Jesus has been resurrected. No chickens. No, we're not having like zombie chickens. But uh, <laughs> that would be so terrifying. Oh my goodness. I know. I was like, no, the chicken is gone. Anyway, but I, I think that it's also a cool lesson. Not like cool, but a good lesson for our kids to kind of understand the circle of life. Yeah, my my daughter will always ask because we we don't have any animals at all we don't even have any pets right now but we live in like farm country so we are like we start there are farms everywhere and we were on they have like a, a cider mill nearby and so in the uh-huh. fall we always go and they have tons of animals and turkeys and goats and it's really really fun and um we were like this is a turkey iris and we had just had like a big thanksgiving <laughs> yeah and so <laughs> and she goes but it's not a real turkey right and i was like no, it's it's a real turkey. When is there a fake turkey? I mean, I did, it took me so long to realize she was like, dead turkeys are the turkeys we eat, and these are fake real turkeys, like fake alive turkeys. Like that was how she did. and I was like, no, yes. it's, it's real. We just kill them and then we eat them. And she was like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> just continued <laughs> on. And I was like, All right, well, I guess we learned that lesson just now. It's really, it's I feel like it's a really um weird thing because I I mean I grew up on a farm. We mm-hmm. are from like the country and people would say like we currently live in the country, but we live on the, I mean, the outskirts of Baton Rouge. So we live in the city pretty much. So most of the kids that my kids are going to go to school with aren't going to be around animals all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we go to my parents' house, there's animals. And a friend of mine one time was asked, she was like, at what point do you like talk about birds and the bees with your kids? And we were like discussing when our parents talked about I was like well, I don't know if, I don't remember like I'm, I know at one point we did I was like but but like I grew up on a farm like I knew how calves were made and I knew how horses were made I was like I guess I just put like two and two, two together <laughs> yeah then like one day 
but like it wasn't like something that was weird it was just this is yeah like my parents never made it something like weird or crazy it was just like this is how creation god made creation this is how it's gonna Mm -hmm. happen yeah well and i think that's a good lesson for everybody to learn like it's not weird for your kids. It's weird for us. It feels awkward for us, not yeah. for our kids. They don't feel awkward and embarrassed about it. They just want to know what's happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if we can explain it, like, I mean, obviously not make it, you know, traumatizing. That's a good, but that's good, yeah. Yeah. We don't want to send them to, we don't want to you know, start saving for their therapy now. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, like, I was like, I don't know. I just feel like God just gave us all the answers in front of us. Exactly. I yeah. mean, we pollinated, like we grew um, pumpkins or we attempted to grow baby pumpkins. They were very small when they grew, but like we hand pollinated them. Oh, fun. And like with a paintbrush, uh-huh. just like, and it was pretty. I mean, even for like a four-year-old, they just kind of were like, oh, okay. I mean, we didn't say like, this is how babies are made. Exactly. But it right. was yeah. like, you have to, there's a male and female and they were just like, oh, okay you touch this and i'm like okay well one day we can make this into uh, yeah one day. a teaching moment <laughs> yes cool well can you tell people where they can find you oh again we'll have the links in the show notes and stuff but so my website is lacy rabelais so l-a-c-e-y-r-a-b-a-l-a-i-s.com and then everywhere i'm lace rab l-a-c-e-r-a-b making it easy so no one has to spell perfect <laughs> like and i'm most of the time on instagram because that's where that's where the world is yeah i've learned a lot from you on your instagram account you you do a good job thanks i learned from you too i always learn i always love learning about plants and how other people like i just think we can learn different things from how other people do it and i mean you're in a totally different environment mm-hmm. i mean even though it's supposed to rain for like the next seven days here so <laughs> It like pretended to snow for like a half a second here. And we were like, snow, we never get snow. We're, everybody's outside. Like there's like barely little like, raindrops or it's like tiny little snowflake. So I am 32 years old. And in my 32 years of life, it has snowed and stuck one time or well, technically two times. But this was wow. um, last winter. Mm-hmm. And my kids are like, is it going to snow again? Because that's they just remember that it snowed yeah. last year, and I'm like, no, it's, it's probably not. Maybe in like another thirty years or something. But like we had like legit snow for like three days. That's we crazy. Made a snowman, and yeah. other than that, like it's just. I mean, it's I think that's it's even like, less than us. It's like seventy degrees outside right now. That's insane! Oh my gosh, it's like thirty-five degrees outside right now here. Yes, I've had my well, I did have my doors open, but there's construction nearby, and it's so loud. Mm-hmm. But um, we've had the windows and doors open, so it's been yes, nice. That sounds nice. That sounds yes. so dreamy. Oh, my goodness. The winters here are, like, mild for, especially for other pe- people's winter. Not as mild as your winter. <laughs> but, yeah. But it gets cold, and it's just gray. It's, like, gray, nonstop gray. Yeah. And so people love that. And I think that'd be cool for, like, a week. I don't think deep down people do like it. I think it's fun for, like, a week to be cozy and eat chili and sit by the fire and then when the week is over you're like i got stuff to do i can't just yeah. stay here all day i never see daylight because the sun sets here at like at four it's completely yeah, it's like black. 5 30 here but mm-hmm. yeah this morning i think it was like 40 something and now it's 70 so it's it's kind of every day i check the weather i'm like what jacket do i send my kids to school with yes yeah do 
they need two lots of layers yes and then they like come home they're like we had all this stuff in our book sack whatever That's they'll be okay. fine they'll be fine well thank you for coming on i think this is thank this you is the end awesome well thank you so much <laughs> Wasn't that a fun conversation? I hope that you learned something incredible today, that you leave feeling inspired and encouraged to dive deeper into scripture, to grow some beautiful plants. I want to let you know about a few resources. A few episodes back in episode number 30, I had Felicia Masonheimer on talking a whole lot of depth about how to study scripture. She gives us a lot of very, very actionable steps and we also talk about creating routines and it's just a really good conversation to sort of further what Lacey and I talked about here today. So you can head back to episode 30. I'll have show notes links for you guys um, for that as well. And then I also want to remind you one more time, just in case you forgot, to head to www.houseplantacademy.com and enroll in the free houseplant challenge. My goal for you in this challenge is for you to have a better understanding of your houseplants and to create a routine that both you and your plants enjoy, aka one that actually keeps them alive and one that you're actually able to follow through on. My goal for you is to make houseplant care fun and easy and inspiring and be a really beautiful way to connect you with your maker and connect you with your creator. Lastly, one last quick thing. If you enjoyed this episode and this conversation with Lacey and I, I ask that you tag Lacey, myself, and Grow Well Podcast when you screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram. I will have direct links to all three of our Instagram handles right in the show notes for you to make it super easy. But if you could help us share this podcast episode and get it into the hands of hundreds and hundreds of people, we would really love that because we both Lacey and I want to make conversations about studying scripture, conversations about getting our kids involved with it, conversations about growing beautiful houseplants more accessible to everybody. So if you could help Lacey and I reach this goal, help us to share this episode, invite people to come on in, tag us on Instagram so we can say thank you for your efforts in sharing. And I pray that today you have an incredible week of growing wealth.